as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll meet God, someone you could trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry! Schmidt heads unite! Good morning, good afternoon. I'm not sure what's happening here. I'm trying to get the uh, the phone number up and running, but it's not working. This is The Schmidt Show. I am, in fact, your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon, this morning, the evening, wherever it is, wherever it is you're listening. If you're uh, listening to it live and you're here in the U.S., it's morning. If you are listening to it on a recorded podcast somewhere other than live, it could be just about any time of the day or night. So... Thanks for joining me this morning, uh, this afternoon, this evening, whatever it is. Um, we've got an interesting day today. Noah, the uh, half-Indian guru, should be here soon, so we're going to be chatting with him today as well. Um, we're going to be uh, just generally discussing the election and what happened with the election over the last couple of, or over the, the last week what we've been seeing with the election and the results, of course, Florida um, and what's happening in Arizona and some of the other places with recounts and things like that. Um, On election night, we believed that there was going to be a 53-seat majority um, in in the Senate for the Republicans. It could have been 54. We weren't really sure what was happening with Montana, John Tester, uh, and Rosendale out there were, were awfully close. That, I think, has finally been um, called, and it has gone to John Tester. So there's still some hint that there might be a recount, but I doubt it. I don't think Montana's going to waste a bunch of time with that. I think it's pretty well decided that uh, John Tester has... Uh, has has won that seat, of course, in Florida and all of the um, the things that are going on down there with the recounts. Once again, um, just more lunacy and silliness down there from Florida. I mean, what do we expect, right? We we saw this in two thousand. Uh, it seems that nobody in Florida apparently knows how to run an election. Uh, so if you're from Florida, I apologize, um, but quite honestly, it's kind of your fault. Um, you've elected these people to be in charge of this stuff, so I, I'm, I'm not really sure what to tell you about all of that. Um, you, you, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, I don't know really what else to say. It's kind of your fault. Um, Noah, the half-eating guru, has, has arrived on scene. Yeah, sorry about that. I, 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 was, I was on my way this morning, and I, there was a, uh, a corner. A corner? Uh, in, in Grand Forks. And on this corner, there were uh, some Indian guys that were dressed up in really thick winter coats making curry. Seriously. So I had to stop and have some, some munchies. <laughs> no, there, there, there's no there's no For curry. a moment, I thought, was it like one of those food trucks? Like, yeah, well, like, well, that's actually a thing, yeah. Because there yeah. there's, there's a couple of food trucks that run around town. And... Yeah, a friend of mine who owns a small restaurant actually does that. Oh, does he? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now I can get some mosses. Is it is it any good? It's great. Is it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So I've I've eaten at the restaurant. The food there is good. Yeah. So the same stuff. So the samosas are there, and you just get them in a truck. And oh, okay. If you get a little too slosh at the bar, then you can have some greasy food to unwind with. Oh, nice. Make sure it all comes out nice and easy. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that voice is uh, the half Indian guru. Um, Hello. Thank you for coming, <laughs> Noah Chalaya. Uh, most of you probably know Noah from the Ask Noah Show. So. Um, we have just kind of determined that the Schmidt show is better with Noah. They get the lot. Yeah, we. I, I actually have had some. I've actually had some messages uh, from friends and things that hey, I loved Noah's perspective on things and and like having him chime <coughs> in on the show. Some. Um, so yeah. So thanks for for hanging out with me again this morning, Noah. Is it because you're you're just wrong on pot and I I was able to help you with that or? No, because this the, this the the one I'm thinking of in particular, I, I don't think he is a pro pot individual. Oh, okay. So 
lot of discussion to have. Um, speaking of elections today, of course, Minnesota, just pretty much everything fell apart for the GOP in Minnesota on election night. Mm. Um, Florida and Arizona seeming to falling apart by the minute down there. Um, corruption. Now there's actually, so this, this, um, snipe snipes, is it Amanda snipes. I can't remember mm-hmm. her first name. Um, there's actually some discussion that she's likely going to be forced out by current governor, Rick Scott, who is Senator elect Rick Scott, or possibly by governor elect Rick DeSantis. If he actually wins, um, there is a possibility that um, she may be forced from office. I'm trying to find her name. I think it's Amanda Snipes or something like that. Brenda Snipes. Sorry, Brenda Snipes. Um, so she is the, I think she's the supervisor of elections for Broward County, and she has screwed things up so badly down there that that um, there's. I'm I'm kind of waiting for the lynch mob to form outside her office, and and. Not not just from the Republicans, but from all sides, because apparently this woman is completely and totally incompetent, which is essentially the case of the uh, the chairperson of the Minnesota GOP as well, um, Carnahan. Je- I think her name is Jennifer Carnahan. Mm-hmm. She's the chairman chairperson of the uh, of the Minnesota Republican uh, Party. Um, is uh, just apparently totally incompetent. I actually said on my terrestrial radio show last week that. I, I kind of gave an open message or an open uh, invitation to the Minnesota Republican Party if they needed a new executive director, just give me a call. Are you available for that position? Yeah, I would, yeah, because somebody needs to take over over there. Because I don't know how in a state, in a state as well, and especially in in some of the congressional <laughs> districts. So I've mentioned my friend Dave Hughes several times before. He ran for congressional district seven, mm-hmm. a district that went sixty nine something percent to through 39 something percent or whatever 20 whatever it was it was like 30 some percent margin for trump okay in 2016 the 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 candidate that was running endorsed by president trump mm-hmm. didn't win because of the lack of coordination and organization there was a bunch of money in some of these various counties uh and county republican parties for to be used for for advertising and advocating for Republican candidates, sure. and they couldn't get their act together to get it done, and a lot of money went unspent because they were afraid of violating some sort of election law. And in reality, they weren't. It, it was just a, a lack of organization and a lack of understanding of how elections work. And like, if mm-hmm. you're the chairman of a of a of a local. Republican Party, you should know these things, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, and and it's in my opinion, it's Jennifer Carnahan's job as a chairman of the state party to make sure that these people are educated and understand what's going on. So, the Minnesota Republican Party is a, a complete disaster. Like they've got, I think, four districts that overwhelmingly went four congressional districts that overwhelmingly went for Trump, and couldn't seem to to put together an election win. That Keith Ellison. The the attorney general, yeah, attorney general known for for abusing his wife is currently under indictment for abusing or not indictment, sorry, uh, investigation for in and maybe the investigation's over by now. I don't know, but it, under investigation for for beating his wife ends up winning as the attorney general. They've got a a a uh, Ilhan Omar. This it's a she's a Muslim woman who actually said that all white men should be enslaved to pay for some sort of misdeed or whatever. So half of you gets enslaved, all of me gets enslaved, just because she thinks that all white men should be enslaved as some sort of reparation or or whatever. This is the woman that the Democrats elected to the to the the congress in minnesota not only that not only is she was she but there's there's some claims and and apparently they've not been verified because for one somalian records are so bad they have no actual proof but Mm -hmm. there are some claims that she actually married her brother 
as a way to be able to stay in the United States and gain citizenship. So essentially, immigration fraud is the is the claim. But of course, there's no way to prove that they're actually not brother and sister or whatever it is. So who knows what's going on there? So anyway, all kinds of a mess all around the uh, the state of Minnesota as far as the Republican Party is concerned, just a, a, an abject failure on the part of the Republican Party. And in my opinion, a, a good friend of mine personally affected by this failure because without question, the better candidate than the incumbent, without question, a, a better message and message that resonated better with the people of the state of Minnesota and specifically his district, mm. but because of such a lack of, of organization, he, he puts together a campaign is outspent 10 to one outspent 10 to one. And he's the only one in the state that, that got within less than 5%. Everybody else got just absolutely shellacked. Mm-hmm. He was the only candidate that put up a decent campaign. And it's simply because he worked his butt off for almost two years uh, running that that kind of that grassroots campaign. That's the only reason he got that close. But if he had had a little support from the Republican Party, instead of them dumping, instead of the Republican Party dumping a bunch of money into Jason Lewis because he was an incumbent down in the right. cities, and he ends up, I think he got like 36% of the vote. Mm-hmm. It was just embarrassing. They dump a bunch of money into his campaign, and he they, they waste a bunch of money on that. Right. And and for those who are talk radio, they're probably going to hate me because Jason Lewis was a talk radio hero a, year, a few years well, back. Well, he and, can be a good talk. He can be a good. He can be a good. Yeah. He can be a good talk radio candidate. He can be a good talk radio host without being the most necessary asset to the Republican Party right. in 2018 midterm election. Well, and he he was and he was he was he was without question a better candidate. I like Jason Lewis. Mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to him a couple of times. He, he not personally, but I've you know it's. Anyway, he he's a good candidate, but he had no chance of winning, and and the Republican Party in Minnesota dumped a bunch of money into his race, only to to spend thousands of dollars and and maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars to see a candidate lose by twenty points, whereas the guy who was within five points and took a a a dark deep blue district back in January and turned it into a toss up by November. By simply working his butt off, they can't support him because he's not one of their quote unquote priorities. Because their priority list goes, you know, incumbents, you know, whatever they've got a list of priorities. And because his race was lower on the priority list, he didn't get any support from his his uh, his party. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's a that's one discussion that we can we can have today. Another discussion that I want to bring up that I thought was really interesting was. The the medical mar or the uh, sorry the medical marijuana already passed the recreational marijuana ah, yes. race in North Dakota because mm-hmm. I said I believe that that was going to be a national indicator type race I thought for sure mm-hmm. that this if if a deep red state we, North Dakota now has every single executive office in the state is Republican every single um, federal office both senators and our at large congressmen are all Republican. Pretty much every single aspect. The the North Dakota legislature is is massive Republican majority um, in on in both houses. Um, so I said essentially that if a deep red state where it is literally every aspect of government is is under Republican majority or Republican control, mm-hmm. if a state like that passes recreational marijuana, that opens the door for a lot of other states to start making progress towards doing that as well. Right. Now, they, I was convinced up until Tuesday night last week at about 10 o'clock at night, I was convinced that that recreational marijuana was going to pass in North Dakota. Yeah, it was too. I, I thought absolutely, I, I disagreed with it. I, I didn't think yeah. it was a wise idea. Right. But, I, I was convinced it was going to pass. I, there was just because every call I took to my radio show on the terrestrial show in the state here in North Dakota, I was, I mean, every, like even like conservatives and people who 99% of the time agreed with me mm-hmm. were calling me up and going, you're crazy. Yeah. I was one of those people. Yeah. You, you it's know, like the only yeah. issue, it's like the only <laughs> issue I think in the history of, of the time we've known each other that you and I haven't agreed on entirely. 
I, for some reason, I couldn't get the outbound call to work. No, that's fine. I was actually looking more at our chat room specific gun. Oh, yeah, that's that's, what... uh, that's Mike. He sends lots of YouTube videos. So, oh. hi, Mike. Okay. Hey, Mike. Thanks for... Th- Actually, I try to... He, Mike sends a lot of stuff to the chat room. I need to I need to, to, to give him a shout out. Mike, I don't know how you... Is it Fedek? I think is how you pronounce it. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, we had dinner with him. Yeah, we had oh, dinner okay. with him. Yeah. And he sends a lot of stuff to the Schmidt Show chat room on, on Freenode. Um, and Mike, even though I don't always respond, I do try to get to at least most of it. Um, I'm a pretty busy guy, so I don't always have time, but I do appreciate you sending out and please continue to do so because there is good information in, in a lot of what you send out. So I, I, we really appreciate the interaction, uh, in the, in the free note chat room. So that is one of the ways, uh, no, let's, we should do that. We haven't done that in a while. Sure. All the different ways people can get to us. And, and this is kind of your area of expertise as the half Indian tech guru, um, all of the all of the tech stuff you had. We're on Twitter. We've got Facebook. We've got Twitter. <laughs> we've got uh, YouTube. We're streaming online at theschmidtshow.com. You can also interact with us in our interactive chat room, IRC. It's, it is on freenode.net. And you do, John Pound Schmidtheads. Pound Schmidtheads. I be don't. careful. I was going to say, I was gonna say <laughs> I be careful using that accent to say that. But yeah, no, uh, it's, there's, there's all sorts of ways to interact. And of course, we're on Telegram, so you can go to telegram.theschmidtshow.com. And you can join us in there. That conversation continues 24-7, even when we're not on the air, even when yep. the show isn't on. Yep. The conversation's still going. You're a very active member of your own community. I try to be anyway. And I think that's really what separates podcasting from traditional media, from traditional mainstream media, is that, is that you have these people that are involved, and you have these people that want to interact with you and want to take your feedback. And, of course, you know, during the show, we've got a really, really cool toll-free number, one six six seven six six seventeen seventy six. And the cool thing about that number is if you're ever listening to the show and you're thinking to yourself, man, he's totally right about that, or he's totally wrong about this, this is your opportunity to say so. This is your opportunity to speak up and be able to and be able to voice your opinion. And what you'll find that happened, and we've managed to tackle this in the in the talk radio world, and I guess I'm not really sure why this isn't working so well in, in podcasting. I guess it's probably a, 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 an economy of skills to a certain degree, but what you'll find eventually is when you can get that model to work, you you as the caller, you as the listener, get to input and have discussion with each other. And then we as the host essentially become the moderators or, you know, the arbitrators of, of that discussion and get to essentially become a part of it. And so to, to me, that is that's where the real value in in, in shows like this are is because, again, they allow you add your voice and so that's one thing we're gonna have to work on brett is is getting that working uh for everybody so that uh and and make sure to push that a little bit more so that we can get some of the people involved and that they can uh, they can join us you know yeah it it just does uh, and i actually posted a i put a post on facebook today um that i i I essentially just asked people to share and i actually boosted it I, i i don't do a whole lot of advertising kind of stuff um because i don't see i in you, I know, I've kind of had this conversation off the air, um, as it relates to doing these these podcasting things. And there's uh, there's a lot of this podcasting stuff that goes on with with you know. There's always a there's always a plug for you know audible dot com. There's always a plug for. Uh, Casper mattresses or, or some of these others. And it's not that these are not great products. Like, for example, the the uh, the mattress that I actually sleep on is one of these, uh, which is the one we have? Um, Nectar. My son's sitting here in the, in the, in the studio with us. Uh, Nectar. I actually have a Nectar mattress. And like every YouTube video, uh, every YouTube video that you watch, there's like an ad for Nectar mattress. There's an ad for casper mattresses or there's there's a you know there's a plug for audible.com uh a lot of the tech ones are d brand skins and all these things and and quite honestly i have i i work on my phone i actually have a pixel a google pixel um with a d brand skin i sleep on nectar mattress and i have a membership or whatever it is to audible.com so like i use all of these products so i'm not saying that they're bad products or anything but it seems so often that podcasts and youtubes are just littered with this stuff um and even some of my favorite news sites that i follow i click on their site and it 
there's pop-up, full-page pop-up ads, and I got to close three things out before I can get to the information that I want to get to. And and I just don't like that. I, I want to just provide as good content as I can provide. But at the same time, this stuff costs money, right? right. I mean, we it, microphones and mixing boards and and computers and phone numbers and all that sort of stuff cost money. And so I'm thankful that I have somebody like you who can kind of be my... my uh, half Indian tech guru. Half Indian tech guru sugar daddy. So, like you, you have you have provided all think, of this. I stuff. feel like Sugar Daddy implies a, a very different relationship in the relationship that you and I have. Just want to go ahead and make that very clear right now that yeah. that is not accurate description. Right. So, well, uh, and you and I are both happily married and, and to women. Uh, yeah, to women. And I'm my wife's pretty hot. So, um, nothing against you, Noah. Um, yeah, she's. Anyway, that's a different discussion for another day. <laughs> also, one, you know, that's one of those things where there's no good answer to that. Nope. <laughs> no. I agree. Yeah. I disagree. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, anyway, uh, to say all that, all of that is, it, it, all of this stuff costs money. So I actually put a Facebook post up today and just said, hey, we're, you know, we're getting ready to go live. Um, if you want to join us, click on the link below. And I, I put a link to our website, theschmidtjo.com. Um so we're not littered with a bunch of pop-up ads and all the other stuff. Um, you know, there's no articles about one weird trick to lose 50 pounds overnight while you sleep or, or what anything that, and, uh, but we do have a Patreon account. Um, and I just believe that the, the, the Schmidt show listeners, if they appreciate the content, they'll figure out how to find us on Patreon and they'll support us. And a few of you have already. And for those of you that have, we are very thankful for that. Um, eventually we would like to get to where we're doing this. Uh, four days a week, Monday through Thursday, putting out a, a regular podcast four days a week that people can be a part of and, and get interesting daily content from. You don't necessarily uh, have to respond to this if you don't want to, but I just, I, in the back of my mind, I guess I've always kind of wondered what the show would sound like if it ever got to the point where you were putting as much time into show preparation and all of that that you put into like your daily show. Cause like even today, right? Right. However much time you were able to prep for this show, how much time, how much of that is getting eaten up by the fact that you have three freaking hours that you yep. have to prepare for? And that comes yep. up in just four hours from now. So, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I'd be really excited to see what this, sh you know, the show was great as is. I'm excited to sh see where the show could go. Right. If it was, if it was, if it was number one in right. Rad's life, that would, to me, that yep. would be really interesting. And of course, a listener, and I'm a listener, I'm a right. patron subscriber. We have the ability to ask you to do that through Patreon, right? right. We can yeah. say this yeah. is more valuable to us than than we are to your right. to your radio audience. But I also I also do have a family that I have to support and and uh, make sure I have groceries and heat and electricity for and, and things like that. So, but yeah, no. That, eventually, that's the goal is to is to expand the Schmidt Show podcast and and maybe even figure out how to meld the two. Because I really love doing radio. I really love my radio show, and I really enjoy doing the, the show that I do through the, the company. And, and if you want to listen in, if you do want to get more of the Schmidt Show for free, go to uh, knoxradio.com. It's knoxradio.com, and listen live. You can do that from 3 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. I'm on three hours a day, every day, um, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, there's that you can do with this as well. So anyway, back to the actual discussion, the things that we're, we really want to talk about. Um, the, the, uh, the marijuana thing, I thought for sure that that was going to be um, the new thing in North Dakota, that there was going to be pot shops popping up all over. And the head shops will no longer sell just the pipes, but they'd sell the pot as well. And uh, it didn't happen. Like I said, up until about 10 o'clock on Tuesday night of the election night, I thought for sure it was still going to pass. Um, but as we got closer and closer to shutting everything down and all the precincts were in and reporting and, and all of that, it turned out that it failed and actually quite spectacularly. Um, it was, I think, 60-40 essentially was the vote 59-41, something like that. Um, and the fact that it didn't pass, like I said, it really surprised me. And I, and I started trying to think about and trying to figure out why, why did, why did that measure not pass? And I thought at first I thought, well, 
it's probably because we here in North Dakota still have some sort of moral obligation or or moral aversion to to marijuana. Like we, we there's still this like just at drug use in general. Like we're a pretty conservative Christian kind of you know Lutheran Norwegian German kind of of state and. We just have some moral aversion to drug use in general. But you, Noah, had come up with, with a somewhat different idea as to why you thought it failed as well. Why don't you... Why don't well, you... I, I mean, let, let's start with this. So we say, like, uh, you know, North Dakota has an aversion to drug use. Well, I guess that's true, except for caffeine, except for Tylenol, except for tobacco, <laughs> except for alcohol. Right. I mean, there's, I mean, that, it's... For some reason, we arbitrarily... Dis- we draw an arbitrary line... At THC, that and we don't apply those standards to 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 anything else really, right? And so and and that goes both ways, by the way, right? On the on the other side of that, you know, we a lot of people want to compare THC, want to compare marijuana to, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what's a what's a prescription drug. I don't take any prescription drugs, but whatever Jermaine right. one, yeah. they they want to compare it to prescription drugs. But the issue is that pharmacies today still I can't go to a pharmacy and get. A, a prescription. So the answer becomes, well, then we'll just grow it in our backyard. Of course, we don't let people grow, uh, you know, morphine in their backyard or however it is. Uh, I guess opium and you know, however it is, uh, morphine comes into existence. We don't let people do that. So I think it's it's disingenuous on both sides. But the the, the primary question I ask for anything, anytime I'm trying to decide if I'm for or against something, is one. Are we at the appropriate level? So if you're going to say that there's, for example, the federal ban on marijuana, is there anywhere in the Constitution that we find the ability in Article 1, Section 8 for the, the United States Constitution to say this is this is one of those things that the government right. is going to, to, the federal government is going to deal with? And I, I don't find it anywhere. Unless right. you want to say that they can't sell it across state lines. Right. Shouldn't really, the federal government doesn't have a say in it. Then the second thing I ask is where do we get the justification power to regulate something? So, for example, if we're going to say... Let's let's go ahead and take the argument that we're going to we're going to ban uh, marijuana. Then my my next question is why? And if the mm. answer is well, it's bad for people, right? And then my next question is well, let's all look at everything else that's bad bad right. for people and decide what those. And, and so we've got to be logically consistent. Now you're probably the most logically consistent person I've ever met because when I ask you, well, should we ban alcohol? Yeah, we should. Should we yeah. ban tobacco? I don't remember if I've yeah. ever asked you tobacco, right? But, all of these things that are bad for people. So I think I'm not sure that that really plays into it. I think that we saw that young people were voting upwards of eight thousand percent of what they usually show right. up. In in so, and I think a yeah, lot it's of, not really an exaggeration. No, I think that was the actual statistic. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I'm not sure that I, I think that was that the issue was that people are just morally objectionable to to marijuana. I do think that myself, uh, somebody who has no problem whatsoever with marijuana in and of itself, and I, and be clear. I have not smoked pot. I've never smoked pot. I have no reason to lie about that. I have no intention of smoking pot, whether or not it's legal. It just doesn't, it's just not for me. But I don't have a problem with somebody else who does. I mean, you do you. But right. so, but why I think this measure failed is because I think when you look at the way that it was worded, no regulation yep. on where you can smoke it, no regulation on growing marijuana, no regulation on driving or driving under the influence. And the answer that you got from proponents of marijuana was always, well, it, 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 it's 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 illegal. Just trust us. Well, why is it in the bill? Because it's already illegal. Just trust us. Well, if it's already illegal, why couldn't you just put it in the bill? I mean, then we wouldn't even be having a discussion, right? Right. No, it's it's illegal. Just trust us. Well, it kind of makes me start to wonder: Is it really legal? And should I really trust you? So I started to ask other questions to proponents of marijuana, things that I already knew the answer to, and what I would find was nobody could really tell me what the downsides to marijuana are. Now, here's the thing. As a proponent of marijuana, there are downsides to it. Mm. Okay, there are. There's downsides to any drug. There's downsides to caffeine. But and when we don't acknowledge that, it it really removes your authority from to be able to speak authoritatively to the subject. Yeah, and and I think the I, I think that's one of the things that actually bothered me about the discussion is I felt like there was so few. I felt like there were so few people on the pro marijuana side willing to be honest and make those analysis analyses if that's the right word those those just making those honest statements about the um about the the 
the the side effects of, of marijuana. Like, and and I, here's the other thing. I, I want to make it kind of clear that a lot of my opposition to marijuana um, is my own personal bias. I'm a recovering addict. I've been clean for 22, whatever, 23 years, whatever it's been. It's been a while. Um, and so that's where a lot of my anti-marijuana bias comes from. So, so I'm willing to acknowledge that I've got my own personal bias in this fight to make that makes me a, a little bit more averse than maybe somebody else would. I've seen the damaging effects of drug addiction, not only in my own life, but in my, in my, you know, extended family and, and other family members and some of the, the things that they've been involved with as well. So I, I try to, to, uh, um, I try to be honest about that, and I felt like that was part of the, the, the the downside of the discussion in North Dakota is the pro marijuana people were unwilling to acknowledge that there was any kind of downside at all. It was the wonder drug that if you got cancer, you smoke some pot. If you stub your toe, smoke some pot. If you you know if you're if you got toe fungus. Uh, under your toenails, smoke some pot. You know, you got a hangnail, smoke some pot. You need a haircut? Oh, smoke some pot. That'll probably do it for you. You know, I mean, it was just like this wonder drug that fixed everything, and and there was absolutely no downside at all. And and I think as as to kind of come back around and and bring all of this discussion together, I originally just to kind of assumed that hey, you know, the reason it didn't pass is because I underestimated the 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 moral aversion of the mm-hmm. average North Dakota voter to drug use in general. But then after talking with you a little bit and you brought up, Hey, you know, the, the, the wording of the bill was actually really bad. Terrible. And, and, and there were some issues in there. Like they had a 30 day, um, they had a 30 day deadline to expunge all of the records mm-hmm. of people who, who had been convicted of crimes involving marijuana in the past, whatever, 40 years. I mean, and some of these records go back into the seventies, with, you know, their paper records stuffed in some file cabinet down in the basement of some county courthouse that nobody really knows where they're at in the first place. And that that 30-day deadline was just impossible to reach. And so I think there was maybe a, a, li- a little of both and there. There was yeah. some of the wording of the bill. There was some of the moral aversion to drug use. And, and all of that kind of came together. Now, here's the other part of this, Noah, that, that, that I'm interested to see how this happens moving forward because the North Dakota legislature is, is a biennial legislature. They only meet once every two years for 90 days. Right. There's just not that much happening in North Dakota that we need a full-time legislature, anything like that. So they meet for 90 days-ish every two years. That next session kicks off in January. And one of the one of the opponents of the recreational marijuana bill, one of the North Dakota state legislators, has said we are going to introduce a bill to decriminalize marijuana. We're mm-hmm. we're going to move it from being a you know misdemeanor or whatever it is right now to if you've got you know essentially you know personal use as long as you're not carrying you know forty pound hay bales of of pot in the back of your car. Right. You know it's it's just going to be a fine. It's going to essentially be like getting a speeding ticket, mm-hmm. you know. And now, then that still falls under the the DUI laws. And if you get mm-hmm. pulled over while you're stoned, you can still be, you know, uh, convicted of driving under the influence of whatever mind altering chemical and all that kind of stuff. Do you or would you support a legislation like this, or do you think we need to go with full legalization? I think that. I mean, what are we really saying? We it's it's still going to be illegal. Still, you still shouldn't do it. But we'll lessen the we'll lessen the penalty if you do it, so that people can still do it. But we don't have to acknowledge that. It's, you know what I mean? It seems like a like a backhanded way to 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 get to legalization, right? Yeah. Oh, why don't I mean? Well, I I'm not, I guess I'm not I'm not following the uh, I'm not following the 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 idea of why somebody would put that forward like if you want it to be legal make it legal if you don't think it should be legal why change anything at all well here's here's and i actually support this and here's here's why okay and i think it's simply a matter of if i steal your tv that's bad Mm -hmm. if i steal your car that's much worse okay and the penalties are different okay And, and i think what we've kind of determined is that you know heroin is really bad and causes all kinds of problems overdose issues and you know child neglect and all of the bad things that come along with, with heroin, we still believe that that's really bad. Mm-hmm. We also recognize that pot is, it's probably not the best thing for you. 
you know, if, if you want to be, you know, the most successful and productive individual in society, you know, being a, a, a raging pothead is probably not the, the, the best approach to doing that. Mm-hmm. But we also recognize that, look, they're not doing heroin. They're, they're smoking a joint. And it's simply a matter of, it's bad. It's just not nearly as bad as anything else that's out there. It's not fentanyl. It's not heroin. It's not PCP. It's not cocaine or meth or, or any of the others. I, so I think, I think that's, for me, that's why I would be okay with going to a decriminalization thing because it's simply a matter of, hey, we believe that speeding is bad and speeding, you know, 70 in a 60 is a $10 fine, Mm -hmm. but speeding 90 in a 60 is all of a sudden you're spending a hundred or $150. It's, it's the severity of the crime kind of thought process for me anyway. That's, that's why I would be in support of, of going to a, a, I don't know if like say a decriminalization is really the right word, um, to define what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that would be, that's why I, I would be in favor of something. Along I, yeah, those lines. I, 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 I'm fine with it. I mean, I guess it's a step in the right direction. I just, I really think it's a way for people to, to, to do something without feeling like they're doing something. Although your point about it, it, maybe the crime reflecting the punishment a little bit is, is well taken. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess I think that there's a very high likelihood that in the next 10 years, we're going to see the federal government overturn the, uh, or at least remove it from the schedule one narcotics, in which case all of this discussion really becomes kind of a moot point. It now, does. And, and really that will be very interesting to see when, if, and when that happens, will we see North Dakota go back to the polls and pass an individual law prohibiting marijuana at a state level Mm. Or do we think that they will just leave well enough be and say, well, it's what the federal government decided. So. And that's a good question because there are actually places. So I, I used to live in Colorado. I lived in Colorado Springs for eight years from 1998 until 2006, obviously mm-hmm. prior to the, the recreational legalization of recreational marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are still places in Colorado Springs or in Colorado. I don't know what Colorado Springs. I think Colorado Springs is one of the cities. Um, but there are several cities in Colorado that have actually passed ordinances that, yes, it may be legal in the state, but it is still not legal within our city limits. And sure. we, we will continue to uh, enforce, you know, city laws mm-hmm. uh, uh, against it. So that'll be that'll be the other interesting thing. So the, here's the other kind of the, the, the thought process that I've, I want to get to on the whole marijuana stuff before we change directions, because I want to talk a little bit about post-election behavior. Um, in a, in a few minutes. So before we change gears and and go down that path, the the this defeat in North Dakota, um, while I believe it would have been a national indicator race had it passed, I I want to also clarify that I don't think this will have any effect nationwide on any other states pushing for it now. Really? I, I, yeah. I, That's I, interesting. I do not think it will slow anybody down. Um, because people will look at it and go, yeah, it was North Dakota though. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, the, I, yeah, you're probably, you know, you're I, probably I, right about that. I think most, I think most other areas where, where people are, cause there's these various groups around the country are working to get it legalized in various states. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, there was some specific targeting of North Dakota because we, they thought, Hey, if we can, if we can flip North Dakota, deep red North Dakota, well then we can get a bunch of other states, but now that North Dakota didn't go that direction, right? I, I don't think they're going to go. Wow, well, but well, North Dakota didn't pass it. We may as well just give up. You know, if yeah. it had been California, well, well it was North was Dakota it? Was or it California didn't, didn't pass it, so we may as well just forget it. Michigan did pass it, right? I believe they did. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Michigan is not the deep red state that North Dakota is. No, is it's it? not. I just, but I, I just look at a, I just look at it. in the same election cycle, in the same election season, in the same political climate. There was a state that was able to get it passed. Yep. And I'd be interested to look at the wording of that bill and see if that doesn't somewhat prove or disprove my assertion that I think it had more to do right. with the wording and the way it was presented. So the other, and we maybe have to see if we can get David Owens on or, or one of the other guys on from the North Dakota uh, marijuana bill, because there seems to have been a rift created among the, uh, the pro yeah. marijuana people that you and I have been kind of following on the periphery. So we may have to see if we can't uh, get into that discussion, maybe next episode or something like that. But I want to talk about, I actually titled the episode originally in, in my podcast software. Uh, I originally titled this in, in uh, episode 
shocking post-election behavior. Um, as I look around the country, Republicans lost in a lot of places. We maintained control of the Senate, barely. Um, we still could see maybe a 53-seat majority in the Senate. Um, but as it stands right now, essentially we're, what we're looking at is a 51 it's actually so it's fifty one forty seven because Bernie Sanders is technically a um, an independent, and then there's one senator from Maine that is also technically an independent. Uh, they both caucus with the Democrats, so it's technically fifty one forty nine. But officially, I think the split is fifty one forty seven and two as it is right now. If both Florida and Arizona go Democrat. It looks to be at this point that Arizona is probably going to go Democrat. Um, Florida, as we mentioned, absolute disaster, just a mess of, of uh, it's, it's 2000 all over again, right? It's hanging chads and pregnant chads and, mm. and idiots running, you know, campaign uh, or uh, election boards down there in Florida. So uh, thanks again, Florida. Like I don't know if anybody I don't know if anybody follows there was there used to be a website it's still out there it's just it's not I don't follow it as much as I used to but there was a website I used to follow called um, Fark dot com yeah sure. it, a lot yep. of people know Fark so um, I actually interviewed Drew Curtis on my show on my terrestrial show one time uh, a couple of times actually he ran for governor mm-hmm. in Kentucky and didn't do too bad as an independent he he actually did pretty good but um, I um. They actually have created like a whole, like a, there's like a whole category of stories mm-hmm. on FARC specifically for Florida. After the 2000 election, they actually created an, an, an entire, like you can really? tag a story, Florida. Yeah, because people are down there that bad. So uh, thanks again, Florida. I have friends and relatives that live in Florida, so don't send me hate mail. It's just a joke. <laughs> it's kind of like the half Indian guru. Um, but he's not a joke. That didn't sound, that was really mean. Now I feel bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that you were a joke. I mean, it's like, it's a joke that we call you the half Indian guru. Sorry. That was really terrible. That sounded really unkind. I I have to buy you lunch now. I was going to say, as you can tell, I'm the kind of person that gets offended about these kinds of things. So it's a a good thing you recognize and are on top of it. Um, So anyway, let's let's talk a little bit about um, the the shocking post-election behavior. As I look around the state, um, or the country, I should say. We're not seeing any rioting. Nobody's burning down uh, limousines parked out in front of Starbucks in Washington, D.C. And and so I want to point out some of the behavior among the left and, and just remind people real quickly that the behavior that we saw in 2016, the, the violence, the rioting, the 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 video you remember the video of the limousine being burned mm-hmm. out in front of I think it was out in front of a Starbucks in Washington D.C. during Trump's inauguration and, and the the violent um, behavior of the radical left the Antifa groups and all these sorts of things um, that is unacceptable unacceptable and it is it is. A, a clear indicator that all of the hand-wringing by, you know, Rachel Maddow and and Chris Matthews and whoever else is still on it. Is Chris Matthews even still on MSNBC? I think so, yeah. I haven't watched MSNBC. I don't have cable. up my leg. Yeah, I don't have cable TV for, and who was the woman that was crying? Was that Valerie Jarrett? No. I don't know. Who was the woman that was crying on CNN when, when Hillary lost? Like oh, yeah. she was literally like bawling. Was it the woman that that hosted the debates? That was it. Yeah, who was that? Was that? Oh, I, for, I forget her name. Is that Christiane Amanpour? No. And one of them was one of them was literally crying on CNN when 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 Hillary finally had to announce or or concede her defeat. So speaking of that, there's actually a story out I saw today. I think I put a link to it in the show notes. Hillary's uh, planning a 2020 run that. again. I saw that. Please God, please. Be For, true. So, yes. So here, let me, let, just a quick message to the Democrats. Please, please run Hillary and Ocasio-Cortez. And, well, or I think it'll be Hillary and Booker, but 
Cory Booker. But I also, I also think Kermit Cory Booker. I also think that, um, I also think that there is a, uh, I, I hope that they do that. I also hope that they put Nancy Pelosi back as speaker. Yes. Please do. That would be great. Yes, we would love that. It would really, really help us in 2020. Yeah. So, um, so I, I just want to point out the, the, the hand-wringing by the left in the media about the violence, right? They're concerned about the violence against them. Trump calling Jim Acosta the, the enemy of the people and CNN the enemy of the people. I think partly he's right. Um, the, the, the violence is not coming from the Republicans. The violence is not coming right. from the right. The violence is coming from the left, without question. And I want to just address this. These, these fake pipe bombs that showed up at all these different places Mm-hmm. All of these different news organizations and all of the the you know the Obamas and the Clintons and and all the con- Democrat candidates and stuff. I want to make it real clear that those people because I said this on my radio show the other day that uh, that it's they were fake pipe bombs and people oh they're not fake they were real okay they were real pieces but I've actually built a few pipe bombs. As a teenager in North Dakota, living out in the country, we didn't have anything else to do. So don't look at me like that. It was <laughs> it was a pastime. We were bored. I actually blew up an entire five-pound keg of black powder. And if you bury it just right, and when it explodes because of the pressure of it being buried, right, it makes a really, really large hole in the ground. <laughs> big enough you could almost park a small car in it. <laughs> And it shoots like dirt and rocks and shrapnel several hundred yards. <laughs> we uh, anyway, that's a long story. Um, there's lots of open fields out in North Dakota. I didn't cr- commit any felonies or anything like that. I didn't, you know. It was um, one of my buddy's dads had had black powder. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a black powder hunter, and he had a five pound keg of black powder. And so we thought it would be fun to try and see what it would do if you lit it on fire. We kind of expected it just to make like a big flame. Um, and I think if we had just left it open in the can, it probably would have. Mm-hmm. But when you buried it, it essentially creates a combustion chamber like inside a gun and makes a large explosion. There. Right. So it was fun. <laughs> anyway, so I have built a few bombs, a few pipe bombs in my life. Um, I haven't in probably... Uh, what, how am I? I'm 33 now. So at least 25 years, maybe more. So the statute of limitations is, is gone anyway, but those bombs were never intended to go off. And anyone with the, with the basic understanding of how these things work and how it, you know, they ignite, there was no way looking at the x-rays that they, they posted on, on the news and stuff. There was no way those were ever intended to explode. Um, and so they absolutely were fake bombs. Mm-hmm. They were fake bombs designed enough to intimidate and frighten people. So, you know, still, you know, quote unquote terrorism, but right. it, they were fake bombs. So they were never intended to go off. So I'll be interested to see how that whole thing plays out, what the guy's motivations were. You know, was he really a Trump supporter, you know, going nuts trying to kill everybody? Or was he just you know, some patsy that they decided to use to, for whatever. Anyway, I don't get into, I, I, I try to stay away from the, the, uh, the whole conspiracy theory stuff, but I know for, for what I could tell looking at the x-rays that they posted as public information, those bombs were never intended to go off. So the violence, if you want to see where the violence is, look no further than the radical left. And I want to re- I want to read, this is actually a post from Tucker Carlson. Um, Tucker Carlson posted on his Facebook um, about the event that supposedly involved him or allegedly involved his son and his daughter. Um, He said, last month, one of my children was attacked by a stranger at a diner. For her sake, I was hoping to keep the incident private. It's now being politicized by the left. Here's what happened. On October 13th, I had dinner with two of my children and some family friends at the Farmington Country Club in Charlottesville, Virginia. Toward the end of the meal, my 19-year-old daughter went to the restroom with a friend, went to the bathroom with a friend. On their way back through the bar, a middle-aged man stopped my daughter and asked if she was sitting with Tucker Carlson. My daughter had never seen the man before. She answered, that's my dad, and pointed to me. The man responded, quote, 
are you Tucker's whore? Then he called her a, I, I'm not even going to read those words because they're inappropriate. Um, but you can go to Tucker's Facebook page if you want to see him. My daughter returned to the table in tears. She, sh- she soon left the table and the club. My son, who is also a student, went into the bar to confront the man. I followed my son, asked the man if he'd called his sister a, these words, the man admitted he had and had and be, again became profane. My son threw a glass of red wine in the man's face and told him to leave the bar, which he soon did. Immediately after the incident, I described these events to the management of the Farmington Country Club. The club spent then more than three weeks investigating the incident. Last week, they revoked the man's membership and threw him out of the club. I love my children, I took in, and it took enormous self-control not to beat the man with a chair, which is what I wanted to do. I think any father can understand the overwhelming rage and shock that I felt seeing my teenage daughter attacked by a stranger. But I restrained myself. I did not assault this man, neither did my son. That is a lie. Nor did I know the man was gay or Latino, not that it would have mattered, because what happened on October 13 has nothing to do with identity politics. It was a grotesque violation of decency. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Now, this added to the uh, the the radical left Antifa group that, that decided it was appropriate to uh, release Tucker Carlson's personal information, his home address and things like that. And, and then uh, go over, vandalize his car, vandalize his house, uh, vandalize his driveway. I believe at one point, one of the, uh, one of the people um, that were involved in the, and here's another thing. Let me, Get on this, right? So they're calling it protesting out in front of Tucker Carlson's house. Nope, not protests. Violent jackwads that should be arrested for rioting. This, I am so sick of these people being called protesters. Mm-hmm. They're not protesters. Protesters are people who have a cause that want to to make things better. These people are not protesters. They're violent. Just like I get like I'm like... <laughs> Uh, there's like some I've got some rage issues with this because it the, the every idiot on CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and ABC News and CBS News that calls these people protesters the same thing happens over there in the Middle East right oh there's Benghazi whatever they're protesters no they're not they're violent aggressors that is not a protest the idiots over there in in Gaza Strip. The Palestinians throwing rocks and and Molotov cocktails at Israeli soldiers are not protesters. They are violent aggressors and should be dealt with accordingly. So anyway, that's rant over. Just I get that irritates me. They're not protesters. Language matters. The words that we use matter because it 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 lessens the uh, or or cheapens the 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 violence with which these people are aggressively attacking people. Mm -hmm. They're not protesters. They're destructive, violent jackwads that need to be dealt with accordingly. How do you really feel? I'm telling, I'm serious. If uh, Tucker Carlson, dude, more, that guy's got more restraint than I ever had. Cause there was like one guy was actually throwing himself against the door. Like, like trying to smash against Tucker Carlson's door mm-hmm. actually cracked the door. You're at my house. The door cracks. There's not going to be any more worry about cracks in the door. There's now going to be bullet holes through the door. <laughs> And and eliminating the threat to my home and family. Like, if I got to drag you in, I'll just open the door. When you fall in, then you'll get the bullet. Whatever. But I'm dude, I'm serious. I'm so sick and tired of these people. Uh, uh, protesters. No, protesters don't throw themselves against the door in a violent manner in front of somebody's private home in, a, in an attempt to intimidate and... and Shutting people yeah. up and threaten people—that's mm-hmm. not a protest. That's that's a violent aggression. And if it had been my house, the first time I heard the door frame crack, I've got a nine millimeter, an AR-15, a couple of shotguns, a 380, all of them quite effective in protecting my home from violent aggressors. And I would make sure that my home was protected. So, um, I, I I I laud Tucker Carlson for having the restraint that he had, because I'm not sure that I would have. So maybe, I don't know, maybe Tucker's not armed, but he should be. 
at this point. So anyway, that's that that is to me that's that's the discussion that needs to be had about this election cycle. And and I talked about on my terrestrial radio show as to what happened, why the Republicans lost. And essentially my beliefs are a lot of the reason we saw what we saw in the in the election cycle on Tuesday last week. Um essentially is that we as a nation, we used to vote for what was best for the nation. Like we would set our own personal interests aside and vote vote in accordance with what was best for the country. We saw this back during you know World War II with like the war bonds and the the rations and all these things. People set their own personal um, uh, well being aside to support the nation that gave them the life that they live. And we no longer do that. We we no longer vote for what is best for the nation, we've started voting for what's best for me, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a matter sure. of selfishness. And I think that explains a lot of what happened. You know, Ocasio-Cortez in New York City, um, people were voting for their own pocketbook. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I honestly, I can't blame them. But I've said this before that, look, if, and I use the example of Social Security, and this is not a plan that I'm advocating for because I, I get accused of is, oh, you're advocating for taking away Social Security. This is not necessarily a plan that I'm advocating for, but if a politician came out and said, look, anyone 45 years old and younger mm-hmm. will no longer receive Social Security. Like we, we just can't afford it. The program is bankrupt. We've screwed it up so badly that it's just not going to exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So if you are 45 years or younger, you better start planning. At 45, you got 20 years to go. Yep. Before you've got 20 years to start planning for your retirement, putting money away, all of the money that we have been taking out of your paycheck, you can start investing into an IRA, a 401k, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is you need to invest in. Um, you should probably also buy some personal, you know, disability insurance. It's pretty cheap. It's like 15 bucks a month, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you should also probably look into maybe some long-term care insurance in case you end up in a nursing home or something. You should you should have that. And, and be prepared for having health insurance once you retire and your job no longer provides it. The, the, that is what you need to do because it is your responsibility as a citizen of the country to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And because we have so badly as politicians screwed up the Social Security system, it's no longer going to exist for you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're 46 and older, we're, we're going to continue that until, you know, we're going to continue paying out Social Security until it's gone. You know, but from this point on, mm-hmm. that's where it's going to go. If a politician came out and said that, I would say that's a great idea. Let's do it. I'm 43. I would be one of the people who, I, I, who would I, I be personally be injured. I don't think we should be paying into it anymore, though. Well, right. It's it, part of the general fund. So you can pay out the people that, that right. need to collect their money. That's fine. But we're right. done paying into it. We're, right. It's, the program's done. It's 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 defunct. Yeah, it's over. So, yep. but, so, but if a politician came out and said that, I would be okay with that. Even though at 43, I would be one of the people who would be, I, I guess, injured mm-hmm. because of it. But it's it's what's the right. It would be the right thing to do for the nation. Sure, right to get us back on the track of of creating personal responsibility. And again, this is not necessarily a program I'm I'm advocating for. I just simply right. use that as an example to say, look, it doesn't matter what's in my best interest because what is in my best interest is my responsibility. What is in the best interest of the country is all of our responsibility as as citizens. And so we have to vote for what the best interest of the country is, and we have to stop voting what's in the best interest of our own pocketbook. And until we do that, we are going to continue to see socialist-type programs that want to take money from Bob and give it to me in order to make my life better. That's exactly what Ocasio-Cortez is advocating for. Mm -hmm. We're going to take money from rich people and give it to poor people. And, And that is... That is at its core. It's, it sounds very noble, right? It sounds all Robin Hood and 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 noble, right? Rob mm-hmm. from the rich and give to the poor. Mm-hmm. It's not noble. It's theft, right? It's it's just not. I mean, I, I hate the story of Robin Hood with a passion. Mm-hmm. the The original story of Robin Hood, he was, he was taking it from the government, who had actually taken it from the people, and he was trying to mm-hmm. pay ransom for the king and the rightful king and all that. But the 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 Robin Hood story has been bastardized and and mm-hmm. has evolved into. Rob from the rich and give to the poor. Mm-hmm. That's not noble. Mm-hmm. That's evil. Right. 
And and so and until we figure out how to begin to move back into and how politicians can craft a message that says, hey, you know what? This is probably not in your best interest mm-hmm. in the short term, but it is in the best interest of the country long term, which long term will also be in your best interest. Right. We're never, ever going to get over this. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm afraid on some levels that we may be doomed. You know, historically, most cultures only last about three to 400 years um, before they collapse in on themselves. Um, and here we are in the United States, you know, around that 250 mark, you know, and screaming very quickly towards the 300 mark. Right. Now, I know that sounds very doomsday and 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 pessimistic or whatever, but we've got to figure that out. We've got to figure out how to remind ourselves that what is best for the country, while it may not be best for us today, mm-hmm. it will be best for us long term right. if we protect the republic. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's my thoughts on the day. Um, I may have to change the title of the episode to something other than shocking post-election behavior. i got to come up with a good title. So we'll do that before we post it um, to the... Uh, to all of the various podcasting services, it's on. We're on everything. Like if you're if you're if you're podcasting, if you use like Castbox or iTunes or whatever, you can find us. Just search, search for the Schmidt Show. The Schmidt Show. Podcast.theschmidtshow.com. Theschmidtshow.com. There's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. Um, be a part of the the discussion. The phone number seven eight six six seven six six seventeen seventy six. Um, I may have to just straight up have plant a few phone calls. <laughs> just seriously, just straight up plant. Get a few people. Just call up a couple of buddies. Hey, call into the show and let other people know that it's okay. You can call in. Yeah, we do want discussion. So, um, so we'll maybe have to figure that out. Um, again, free node, the Schmidt Show, Twitter, Facebook, all those. Um, I'm actually on Instagram. I think I've posted one, maybe two pictures on Instagram. Um, I am not an Instagram model, but if you want me to put on a pair of yoga pants and take a picture of my butt, would you do that? I uh, maybe. Okay. If uh, let's just say it this way, if we get fifty new Patreon subscribers this week before the next show, I will. I will put on my wife has a pair of Calvin Klein um, uh, yoga pants. You do realize this is a way to ensure you never get to fifty Patreon subscribers. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. <laughs> if, if if we get 50 new Patreon subscribers by next Monday, I will put on my wife's Calvin Klein yoga pants and, and take a take an Instagram model Please, pose. for the love of God, nobody picture. subscribe. <laughs> oh, I also want to mention, my son's here in the studio uh, with us. My son is a, is a graphic designer and works for a graphic design company, um, and he has been working on the Schmidthead logo. Yes. We have... It looks so good. We have some examples. It looks so good. We are, I'm going to actually be talking with his boss and him very soon about printing up some T-shirts or hats or coffee mugs or something with the Schmidthead character. It's not really a logo. It's more of a character. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's it's the the Schmidthead mascot, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe have to. Oh, we gotta see if we can get the little plush stuffed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, yeah. the, the, like a stuffed animal. Yeah. Stress plush, reliever. Yeah, yeah. The, or the stress reliever. Schmidt show Schmidthead stress reliever because it it's actually a really cool. Um, he he did a great job uh, in in working on creating this logo. Um, he's carrying a musket and a flag. Um, so what more can you ask for, right? Mm-hmm. And it has the Schmidtheads Unite um, catchphrase. Is that a catchphrase? Schmidtheads Unite. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, when we when we decide to start to mobilize the Schmidthead Brigade, mm-hmm. and you know, for whatever reason, like like a couple of years ago, it was last year, um, the Schmidt Show um, and my local radio station group, um, we mobilized and sent two semi loads full of bottled water down to the hurricane victims. Um, in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So once we decide to, to figure out how we're going to use the 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 Schmidthead Brigade to mobilize, one of the things that I have become kind of passionate about, and I'm I'm still learning about, is uh, a group called Charity Water. Mm-hmm. Um, they do some really cool work with uh, providing clean drinking water to uh, impoverished parts of the world. Um, so we're we're I'm looking at that. I also have for years I have supported. Um, World Vision, 
Um, we we have a we have adopted one of the you know the the what do they call them sponsor child we sponsor mm-hmm. a child in in Ethiopia mm-hmm. uh, my daughter sponsors one in Nicaragua and that's so, very cool yeah so that's, that's a great way to get yeah, back to the world right so that's one of the things that I, I don't know how we're going to do all that in the future but that's one of those things that I want to be able to to use as a call to action for the Schmidtheads to unite and the Schmidthead Brigade to mobilize to action for whatever we decide to do because um beyond uh in in contrary to popular belief um republicans and conservatives are not hateful and and uncompassionate in fact republicans conservatives and specifically christian conservatives are among the most generous um people group in the entire world so anyway that's uh that's a different story for another day but with that i think noah we are are ready to um i think we're ready to uh to wrap things up let's see if we can fire the the outro music i have to play the outro music kind of quietly because or, or, it, or it upsets youtube yeah you know, we have it, to just it, find it, some new new outro music up, I think it, it does answer. upset youtube but here's the thing i haven't posted the last couple of weeks on youtube Oh really? Just because we only have so honestly, we only have three hundred and thirty some subscribers on mm. YouTube. Three hundred of which we we purchased. I mean, in the interest of full disclosure, because you can't name a YouTube channel. Oh yeah, yeah unless you have a certain so number of you, subscribers. Yeah, subscribers. Yeah, yeah. So we we purchased some subscribers so we could get to that threshold to be able yeah. to name the channel. So we right. just don't have a whole lot of following on YouTube. Yeah, but we are working on eventually doing videos so right. maybe someday down the road we will but anyway we do um, have tons of people following us on the on the podcast downloading so yes join yes us there yes several hundred on there so that's really cool so thank you as always the schmidt show is out we'll see you next week